back to another episode of Trades Talk. Maggie Wymore here uh, with my co-host, Mr. Justin White. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Maggie. It's great to be back with another episode of Trades Talk. I'm excited for our guest today, Kelly. She's all about marketing and has done some pretty awesome stuff in our industry. I would call her kind of a pioneer in landscape marketing. Yeah, absolutely. A little backstory. I actually worked hand in hand with Kelly but when I moved to the St. Louis market, I got a job at her father's company, Delco Inc. In, in St. Louis. And Kelly and I worked together. I ran sales. She ran marketing. We worked hand in hand. And then we kind of both exited the, the organization to find our own path around the same at the same time. And what she has done since she made that pivot is truly remarkable. She's hit highs. She's hit lows. She's developed courses. She's really taking a unique perspective on how marketing should be handled specifically in the green industry. And I think she brought a lot of stuff to today's episode. Great stuff for, for people who are looking to grow their companies. Yeah. There's a ton of takeaways here for marketing people. And, and even if you're not a marketing person, but you're looking at how to expand your company or in, increase your market share in your area Kelly also talks a little bit about how she went through a really tough time in launching her new company when she really was down to zero and back to square one and how her friends, including Maggie and her mom really helped believe in her, rally her back in. And she talks about that story, which I think is really inspirational to anyone starting out, whether it's a consulting business or a landscape business or any business, we go through tough times and her sharing and being open about that story, I think is going to really inspire a lot of people out there. So I'm excited to get into this, keep a notepad close. There's, there's a lot of takeaways. She also talks about her boot camp coming up in, yeah. in about a week and a half. That is, I'm sending a couple of people too. So I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. Her boot camp. I was um, heavily involved in getting people to join last year and it was the feedback that I received from those who went through the boot camp last year. This is her second annual time doing it the feedback that I received from people who went through it was incredible. It's for more of the intermediate type marketer, but at the same time, beginners, where you're at, wherever you're at in your marketing career, her bootcamp is extremely beneficial. They, she'll talk about everything that they cover, where to spend your money on marketing, all these different things. And definitely check out that bootcamp for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you're sending yeah. some people, Justin. Oh, absolutely. I think no matter how good you are at landscaping and delivering amazing customer service, developing referrals, everything else, marketing is always a place you can add a little more value to your company, not only to the value of your company, but the longevity and retention of your client base. It's something we probably don't spend enough money or time in. Yes. So I'm glad you're tuning into this podcast and I'm excited to dive in, talk to Kelly. Yeah. I want to give one more plug to Kelly too. I think she's extremely personable. She's at a lot of industry events. And so she's always willing to have a conversation with people to determine, you know, if, if hiring a marketing agency is right for them or what type of marketing agency. So one thing I loved about this conversation with Kelly that was unique to some others that we had, Justin, was it was more less, more, less like an interview and more like a fun conversation. And I think Kelly brings such a unique personality, a fun atmosphere that when you, if you were at an event and you see Kelly, you're sure to have a good time. So make sure you seek, seek her out. So, yeah. So I just have to say, she also, we talked for another half an hour, hour after this podcast and 
there's so much more to Kelly's offering and what she's doing for the industry than what we even talk about. So if you're excited in what you hear, I think it's worth reaching out and learning more about what she does. LinkedIn's a great place to get a hold of her. There's just, we barely scratched the surface, tip of the iceberg, if you will. Yeah, I know Justin had like five more questions he wanted to ask her, but we were getting tight on time. So try, try 50 more questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it. Let's not leave them, um, leave our listeners hanging much longer. So let's get into our interview with Kelly. Welcome back to another episode of Trades Talk. Justin here with my co-host Maggie Wymore. Maggie, how are you doing today? Doing great. Really excited for today's guest. We have... Kelly Dell on the podcast today with Caldo Digital. She provides marketing service for those in the trades, specifically grew up in the landscape industry, targets smaller, $2 million to you know, $5 million companies looking to grow their landscape business, and really excited for our conversation with Kelly. Kelly, welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you, excited to jump into this conversation and find out a little more about Kelly, what you're all about, and how marketing can help landscape companies and probably other trade companies take their business to the next level. So Kelly, why don't you start off just telling us and our guests a little bit about what your background is and how you got here today. Okay. So I grew up in the industry. I think a lot of us share that similar story Um, and it's, you know... Unique to me, but very common in our industry. My parents had a landscaping company in St. Louis, Missouri. I worked there um, all growing up. I really kind of went and traversed all of the different aspects of the business from like administrative work to um, doing some stuff out in the field and sales and account management. And um, after, you know, during college, I was working and splitting my time between college and going to work. And then I decided just full-time after I graduated to just go all in at the parents' company. Then in 2015, I believe, we found out in April that we weren't going to get our H2B employees. And at that point, the business was uh, probably 90% H2B employees running the show. Um, So it was a big deal. It was a big uh, burden to take on. So I kind of flipped my sales and marketing hat on its head and used that knowledge to um, reuse for recruiting. So sales and marketing to me basically was the same thing as recruiting, just in a different, you're looking for a different target audience. Um, and we just had to seek some local help. So that was in April. By the end of May, we had a full roster and a waiting list of people to join our team, which was super exciting. Um, and helped me realize that like there's just so much opportunity in the industry. You know, if you have the desire and you want to do a certain role, if you want to be in the field and learn horticulture, you can. If you want to be in sales, you can. Um, you know, if you need to do recruiting, you can also do that as well. So, a couple years. So real, ago, go ahead. Real quick, and I, I don't want to take away from the story, but I think so many people probably are hearing this H two B. And then having to recruit and and have felt that with H2B has been a difficult program for the last few years. Can you just speak really quickly on what was the thought process that happened and why did you guys decide to go out and recruit versus doubling down and trying to work through that H2B issue? What what kind of was that deciding factor within the, the team that day? 
Well, there wasn't anything you could work through. The red tape of the government was holding us back. There wasn't anything <laughs> we could push any further. So that was no longer an option. Um, we had to wait and see if we got them or not. So the other option was to just kick back and do nothing or you you know, get boots on the ground and you figure out how you can fill the seats on the bus. So that was our choice and that's what we went with. Um, you know, we, sales sales was my big thing. Like I was in sales, I was in marketing, but there was nothing to sell if we had no one to do the work. So I just right. you know, put on a different hat and said, well, let's find some people. Yeah, I love that. I love that transition of just being able to pivot in the moment, going from selling and marketing to clients to selling and marketing to employees. And it sounds like well, it worked pretty crazy well. crazy because we had no real marketing materials, if you will, for recruiting. You know, we had to create all of this stuff from scratch. We didn't have a page on our website that allowed people to apply. We didn't have, I mean, anything. Like, I don't even know if like benefits were written down or if there was like an employee handbook. I mean, there may have been, but it wasn't a huge <laughs> focus because for so many years, uh, we had the same guys coming from Mexico every year who knew the routes. They knew our customers. They knew each other, you know, it was the culture of the business for so long. Um, and it just really made us think about how we were running that business and how we were, what the culture was, you know, that changed too with new people on board. So it was quite the time to be alive. I would say, you know, when I, when I grew up in the business, my parents' company was very good at execution. They were like a production machine, um, they would get the work and they could get stuff done very, very effectively and efficiently. And the quality was very, very high. Um, and so for that reason, we had a lot of leads naturally, word of mouth, that sort of thing. And um, but it, word of mouth only keeps you growing at a pretty steady rate. Um, and you have to add a little fuel to that fire <laughs> um, with with some marketing initiatives. So. We didn't have a lot of like folders or handouts or I don't email follow-ups or like really any sales <laughs> process written down or put in place. It just worked. And so um, you know, I kind of look, looked at that as my first, I guess, introduction to creating that system for sales. And I took what we did and created for that and just used it for marketing. How big were, just to give people some, our listeners some context, how big was the company at the time when you didn't get your H2B? Um, and to continue on your story, obviously you're, you're no longer there now. You started off on your own venture with Caldwell Digital. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. I don't remember correctly, Maggie, but I would probably guess around two or three million when that happened. Um, so that's so a pretty good size, well, but well, company yeah, you yeah, had, established, yeah. for sure. you're running about, you know, 10 to 15 trucks, primarily yeah. residential maintenance. Yeah. Residential maintenance um, in St. Louis area. They did a lot of mowing back then too, which was crazy. Like, I think we had like 10 plus mow trucks in and of itself, like box trucks. Um, and then we had like bed cleanup crews and hork crews and that sort of thing too. Nice. So so when did the pivot happen um, that you decided to, to kind of take this knowledge of the industry and move out on your own? I think I started in 2017, October 2017. 
And I realized like, so over time, people had sort of asked me, I was posting on LinkedIn, like, hey, this is what we did, you know, or, you know, here's some of our strategies and just sharing stuff that I had learned and uh, getting a lot of good feedback. And people had started to ask me, you know, can you help me? <laughs> and I was like, well, I have a full-time job, you know, it doesn't make sense. But after a while, it became like, maybe I should think about this seriously. Um, so I did. And obviously, I haven't looked back since then. And um, my business has changed quite a bit. I started off October 2017. I left, um, kind of sat around for a while and put together a business plan and sat on the beach in Mexico for a minute. And <laughs> tried to figure <laughs> out my life and blew through my savings. But um and then I had one client and they were a hundred percent of my business. And I was like, then they fired me after three months. And I'm like, well, that did not work. You know? And it was like, I had all this doubt all of a sudden, like, what did I do? I left this like super steady job with benefits and all sorts of stuff. And now I'm just screwed. So it was a, it was an eye-opening moment that like those same systems that I developed for my parents' company, I, I had to develop those systems in my own business. I had to not just put all my eggs in one basket with one company, um, you know, and I had to kind of diversify and figure out what are we, what am I good at? Cause there wasn't a we then what am I good at? Yeah. Um, what can I help other people with and how can I replicate that over time um, so that I can share it with more people? How did you get through that point where most people in my experience, when they hit that failure after three months and the one client fires them, they're like, well, I'm just not meant to do this. Obviously, I'm not good at it. How did you just mentally push through that and get to where you are today? Yeah, there's like the imposter syndrome is real, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I would say I called Maggie and cried. <laughs> no, I really did. I leaned on my friends and family for support. Like there is a very vivid memory in my brain of sitting around my dining room table with my mom and Maggie and another friend. And we just had like, it was probably late at night. And we were just having a powwow about my business and they were asking me really hard questions and it was uncomfortable and I didn't love it, but I walked away with like a good plan and here's what we're going to do. And here's what I need to do differently. And if I want to stand out, these are the things I need to accomplish. And, um, leaning on my friends was, and family, it was really, really good, uh, support system for me that just kind of kept me going through the hard times. I mean, there's, it's since then I've gone through, I've gotten fired again, you know, it doesn't happen often, but it happens. And, um, you just have to reflect and figure out, well, what did I do? How did I, how can I do better? It happens to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I personally also remember that powwow and the, and the tough conversations and, and the one thing that Justin says quite a bit is if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, the goal is not big enough. And I think what we discussed and went through with you was to make you uncomfortable so that you went into growth mode. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what came about of that conversation? So what specific services do you provide uh, at, for at Caldo Digital for the landscaping industry, all of your different companies? What does it mean to hire an outside marketing firm to work for you? Yeah, I think that could mean a lot of things, uh, depending on who you hire. So one thing that sets Caldo Digital apart and is different is that one, we exclusively 
work with the green industry. So um, we have two levels of expertise. One is within the green industry and the other is digital marketing. So when you blend those two, um, you get a really fun niche and a really good mix of like human energy and collaboration. Um, and so that's what we bring to the table is like a lot of times, like I've heard horror stories of uh, landscape companies hiring just a marketing company that's down the street or their cousin's nephew's friend or whatever to help them out. Um, and they're talking about palm trees in Michigan or like, who knows what, you know, like they don't understand like what's involved in a fall bed cleanup or what a grub worm life cycle stage is. And so those are the things that you don't even have to explain to us. We just get it. And it makes your job a lot easier. We ask, we know the right questions to ask in the right times of year. And so that's, um, that makes collaborating a really easy and fun time. Um, at Keldo Digital, we focus a lot on content marketing. So we want you to not just be found online, but to be seen in the way that you want to be seen. So we focus a lot on your brand, your voice, uh, how you want your clients to see you or potential clients to come across uh, your, your page and what they want your what they want to feel like in all of the aspects of your marketing, whether it's an email that they receive, whether it's a, um, you know, something that add on Facebook or anything like that, or they just pop up onto your homepage. Like we want them to know, like, this is the vibe of XYZ landscaping company. And I feel at home here. Yeah. I notice in the landscape industry, there are a lot of companies that do great, amazing work. And when you see their projects on the job site, it's very impressive. But when you go to look at their brand and like you said, Facebook, social media, website, even their trucks, there's a lot of brand inconsistency, whether they change their logo and maybe all the trucks haven't been updated or their websites from you know 2005 and they post once a month. It seems like for those companies, they're so focused on execution and operations that marketing is just not in their forethought. And then I, I also see that when I ask these companies, why are you so so segmented in your branding? They say, well, the phone rings more than we can answer it. So we couldn't even handle more work if we wanted more work. So what what is your message to those folks who have an amazing installation crew? And it sounds like maybe your family business was a little bit like this when you worked there. How do they get over that? And should they even be spending money in, in marketing and brand brand improvement? Yeah. I have a handful of clients right now who they're, when they came to me, lead generation was not high on their goal list. And I always ask like, what are your goals with hiring a marketing company or seeking outside help? Um, and finding more leads, like you said, like they're not, they're in a branch where like they can't expand any further, you know, or their facility is like maxed out and they're fine with that because it's attached to their family home, a barn or whatever it <laughs> might be. And they're happy but they don't have the time to make sure that like everything looks cohesive and that they're sending out um, communication with your existing clients is so huge. So if you're sending out like rain delay emails or, you know, whatever, you want that all to look good. You want it to sound polished and who has the time to do it? Usually not somebody who's working within the company if we're wearing all sorts of different hats. Um, so that, that could be a goal sometimes that people come to us with is that they just need more manpower 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but with their yeah. content writing and, and things like that. And they just want, they also just want to get um, a third party view from the an, an industry view. Like, so what are other people doing when it comes to notifying clients about rain delays? Like my clients get pissed. Like how do other client companies handle it? And they have me like on retainer who can kind of help. And I talk to, you know, people, great people like you and hundreds of other people all the time um, to be able to offer that advice. That's such a great point. And it's something, a big reason why we're doing this podcast and trying to spread the word is, you know, Maggie and I have been able to network with so many individuals and other contractors through what we do, our jobs and and going to conferences. Kelly, it sounds like you've done a lot of the same. I talk to contractors who are in their own echo chamber. They're, they're in their own little bubble. They don't get to talk to anyone else. So it sounds like working with you and potentially other marketing firms that are landscape industry centric could give you access to information that you otherwise would never hear about. I like the idea of how are other companies handling rain delays? How are other companies handling marketing and social media? And and what are they communicating to their clients? Yeah. We're we're working on renewals. A lot of people are asking me, Hey, how do people do renewals? You know? (laughs) And so there's, there's not usually a wrong way to do it, but there's definitely better ways and to do it. Yeah. And I think that talking to someone like yourself offers a unique perspective versus a consultant, an industry specific consultant, because you talk to people at a different level of their business than the ones who are reviewing financial data, balance sheets, all of those sorts of things. You get kind of more in the nitty gritty with them facing real every everyday challenges. So you can speak to that on a different level. One thing that I've always been confused, wondering about is how you communicate ROI. So how you value, like how you explain the services you provide and measure the value that they provide to the company. Yeah. So every month we send out a monthly report to each of our clients that's catered just to them based on the services that they hire us to do. So If we are hired to manage your social media for you, we are going to put together a report that shows, you know, what we did and how we did. Um, And then we also, we we give you the numbers, but we also do a meeting that we analyze everything too. So we'll go in and we'll say, hey, like these are the numbers, everything looks good. We're going to improve this or that, or we really liked this. It got great engagement. So we're going to continue making posts that look like that. Um, so we do analyze things together. We have, um, every client is different, which is why I love what I do. I don't have, um, any canned or like templated, uh, pricing structures or packages, which my business coach wants to kill me about, but I don't want to yet because at this point, like everybody's so different. And so like, sometimes people have somebody in the office who loves, posting on Instagram, but like, doesn't want to touch LinkedIn, you know, and for them, I can't quote them a standard social media package because it wouldn't be the same. So, um, anyway, so with content stuff, we, we talk about blogs. If we're blogging, like who's looking at these blogs, what are they doing with this information? Email marketing, same thing, you know, how many opens and those sort of things are, uh, we are always tracking, And um, the ROI just really goes back to what they came to us expecting. So Justin, like you had asked, you know, um, sometimes people's goal isn't specifically lead generation. 
Oftentimes it is. <laughs> Oftentimes yeah. they're looking, they come to us because they want to spend money to make money and that's fine. And so we're going to give them uh, as many tools as we can. So, you know, for example, if we can get them to a landing page and they can fill out a form or we can get them into um, Aspire, for example, you know, we can pull a report that shows lead sources and summaries like we do that. We work on those sort of things to say, hey, here's what's working. Here's what we can double down on. Um, and here's where I think we can improve or, or look to. Yeah. One thing I noticed for us as we've grown our company is, yeah, we had the phone rang and we had a lot of work and we were super, super busy working around the clock. It was crazy. But the way we grew out of that, that was like two, three million. And the way we got to the $10 million mark I found was by in actually increasing not only the volume of leads, but the quality of leads. And as of today, we're at a point where we disqualify about 90% of the phone calls that come to the office. So, you know, we'll get anywhere from, I don't know, 40 to 50 phone calls a week on a good week. We'll qualify five of those. And by having such a volume of leads to then pick and choose who you want to work for, we've been able to work for high profit, high revenue generating clients. So What's your kind of take on that when we talk about quality of leads, quality of revenue? I, I don't think all leads are the same. So what's your take on, on that whole situation? I really love that point that you just made. I mean, I think that is incredible. And, and for those of us that are lucky enough to be able to say no, that is a blessing, you know, because we were talking about back with my story, right? Like when I got fired, I wasn't trying to say no to anybody. I was like, yeah, bring yeah. it on. God, I was doing all sorts of shit I shouldn't have been doing. That was not up my alley. <laughs> um, but now it's like, okay, I know what we're good at. And, and same thing for landscape business owners too. You know, it's a great blessing to be able to pick and choose the clients that you want. And I think that your marketing, you know, kind of going back to what you said, that cohesiveness, like if your trucks look good, they're not rusted out. You have great branding. Like everything looks nice. Your guys have shirts tucked in and professional shirts and embroidered logos and like everything looks nice. And they're going to see you as this high-end company that gets five-star reviews and is worth that extra dollar sign, you know? Um, but if not, like if everything doesn't match and everything's kind of wonky and you don't follow up with uh, automated emails or that sort of thing, I don't know that I want to spend that extra dollar yeah. side. <laughs> That's such a good point. And recently, it's been about maybe a year. We had a great story at our company where we were competing for a job. We were a lot, we were like 30% higher, $300,000 residential install, and they ended up selecting us. And I did my little follow up with the client. So thank you for choosing whatever. So, hey, what was the deciding factor that you went with KD versus the other companies? And I said, your guys' trucks are always clean. They're brand new. They're professional. I see them around town. And honestly, the other two companies, their trucks were, they were mid nineties. They just weren't, they just didn't look sharp. And frankly, everything else seemed good. The sales team, the process, execution, the references, everything seemed the same. You guys were more expensive, but you also had these nice trucks. That was the decision that client went with. So not everyone's going to make their decision that way, but, but more yeah. do than you think. I think especially in the residential field, yeah. like you said, you know, residential, that's, a, that's important. The truck that's sitting outside my house, you know, I don't want it to be some rundown thing that's leaking oil in my driveway. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah>. Also <laughs> for the type of residential clients that you're servicing, you know, 
perception matters to them. They want to look good. And so if their neighbors saw a leaking oil truck in, their, in front of their house, <laughs> they're be like, well, they're, they're a cheap ass. They went with yeah, the cheapest provider that. possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. They like the nice wine and, you know, they don't, they, <laughs> they don't want to be the talk in the neighborhood in a negative way. Yeah, exactly. So one of the questions I had for you was specifically around if you had to pick top three services or top three ways people would spend money with you to see the greatest impact on their business, what would they be? What I'm gathering from what you're saying is that it's unique to every person because everyone's goals are different. Is that true? Or would you say that there are a few that are best for your money, best spend for your money? Yeah, I think uh, 100% everybody's different. I hate saying that. Like it depends because it's like a cop-out answer, but it's it's the truth. If I had to just like pull one and say, you know, this is what I'm feeling right now, I would go with email marketing. I think 100% of our clients right now use us for email marketing. Um, It's so easy to track. We know how many people looked at it. We know how many people clicked on things. We know how many people requested a quote. Um, it's directly to their inbox. You know, it still works very, very well. You can target leads. You can target existing clients. It's a great, great um, digital marketing source for our clients. So I would go with that one pretty heavily. Whereas with social media, yes, we do have a lot of tracking metrics and things like that. Um, but you're not always getting that turnaround. It's more of those impression shares and top of mind awareness sort of vibe. Um, and then for like Google AdWords or even social ad spending, same thing. We get a lot of um, we get a lot of metrics through that, and we can build our following through that. But it goes back to the quantity versus quality of leads. So. Um, a lot of different like options and things like that out there, but email marketing is really great. Um, in the future, like a lot of, so, so a handful of our clients are playing already with like text message marketing. And so, um, you know, we use a, a platform called captivated with some of our clients and that works well too. And, I was uh, talking with Beth Barry the other day and we were talking about text messaging and I'm like, I had a plumber come yesterday and they, um, they had texted me when they were on their way. They had texted me a reminder confirmation yesterday or the day before they were scheduled to come out. And it's almost, it's not that we are just okay with text messaging now. It's almost that we expect it now in yeah. the service industry. Like I, I'm not going to unsubscribe to their text message alerts when it is relevant to the services that I'm receiving. So ensuring that you have a team like a Keldo Digital or a marketing team behind you or, or somebody who can devote that time in the office to make sure that people are getting the right types of communication and not opting out all the time is super important because these tools do work and they're very helpful and people do enjoy them as long as they're used properly and not abused. Uh, Absolutely. And I think for you use the plumbing example, text messaging is very big, especially when someone's coming into your home or inside your business walls. But what I've found is our landscape, our yard is actually becoming more and more 
part of our home. Whereas before we could get away with the landscaper showing up, mowing your grass without letting you know, now there's dogs and gates and irrigation systems and all of these things that are making people extremely particular that we need to start treating the exterior of the home just as we would someone stepping into your house. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember Maggie, you remember this too. And we, there was days where we could go out to a client's property and like walk around and take pictures and like, they would never know we were there, but now there's cameras and all sorts of stuff. Like yep. it, it's definitely an extension of your, of your home interior, your outside space. So I think techs are important and, you know, there are a lot of like standards out there that you have to follow when you sign up for a, for a mass text messaging platform such as Captivated that you have to follow these. You have to get the proper opt-ins. You know, people have to say, yes, you can text me to see if I want to follow on renovation, <laughs> you know? So um, following those is, is really, is good too. So Kelly, when we talk about marketing, we talk about how to target clients and, and keep this type of volume of email marketing and social media, Google AdWords, everything out there to just keep that brand presence clear to our clients and in our market share. How do you recommend business owners or businesses go about assigning this responsibility to someone in their company? If you don't have, let's say a chief marketing officer or a marketing coordinator, and it's just an office manager, a project manager, and an owner, how do you go about handling marketing in a company that that's a one to $3 million size? I think you look at interest and I go back to my story and growing up in the business and I naturally gravitated towards sales. I like from a, the time I was a kid, I wanted to be on the telephones. Like I wanted to answer the phones. And then I realized that like, it gave me like a high or like a burst of like excitement when I could like upsell them a nuts edge application with their lawn program. You know, I'm like, I love this. I love talking to people. I love selling them stuff. And then I realized that, you know, I loved creating, well, I had to learn it somehow too. Right. So like people would tell me, Hey, for selling a nuts edge application, this is what you need to do. This is how you diagnose it. Yada, yada. I put that together into like a format and then I was like, oh, look, now other people can read it and I don't have to just say it individually one by one. I can get this to the masses, you know? And so it's just like a learning thing. So for me, that's where I gravitated to. For other people in the business, like you might have a young 18, 20 year old in the company who's like loves TikTok and maybe they're out in the field and they've got their phone and they don't mind going around and like shooting some videos and editing it and putting it on their TikTok. Let them, I would say 100%, give the people like some free time and free, you know, liberation to just do what they want to do and see how it fits in and how they can use their own skill sets and wills and desires to do that. Now, Justin, on the flip side, if everyone's like, I'm too busy, I can't do anything else, you know, like that does become a problem. And that's when I say, who is the best fit to help coordinate? Like that can be a totally different hat. You know, like if you hate graphic design, that's totally fine, but you're really good at taking good notes and you're really good at sharing information. You might be a great fit for us because you can take what Justin, the CEO is saying and distill that down to Keldo Digital's team so that we can get that out there 
for you, for you guys to share, you know? So I would, that would be kind of my, my suggestion. Every company is different, which is what makes it fun. Yeah. You, you know, you don't have to be an expert, so to speak in marketing to coordinate between the needs of the company and then an outside service, such as your team is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. 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 I think we often as landscapers, we try to do everything. And, and recently we, uh, we've got one of our HR people certified in, in CPR and we bought all the dummies and we did the whole thing. And, and now we realize it was actually a really bad investment because that person way too busy doing their duties to actually do the CPR stuff. And now we just outsource CPR training to a CPR folks who charge us a hundred bucks a person or whatever, once, once every two years. So it's like sometimes staying in our lane of landscapers and doing what we know sells and execution of landscaping is the best thing. And then let's look for those professionals, those professional people from marketing and, and folks like yourself who can come in, connect with someone in-house that's a coordinator. And we don't have to be the expert in marketing. We can find someone like you. I also see benefits too, where we spoke about this earlier. You now are providing ideas that are working in other landscape businesses where our in our team meetings, we may be throwing ideas out that we saw the plumber use that has no correlation to be, B2B commercial maintenance because they're a residential plumber. And now we're trying to use those tactics for commercial maintenance. So, you know, I think that's, that's some really good points and, and some things that I'm thinking about for my team with like, how can I, how can I further our marketing efforts without having to hire and train certain people? Uh, but if you did have someone who wanted to learn and, and who wanted to progress and maybe add that marketing, that 18, 20 year old TikTok person that really showed interest in becoming the marketing director or marketing coordinator in your company. I know you guys do offer some courses on that. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on, on what that training is that your firm and, and your team off offers? Yeah. So actually this fall, we have a really cool boot camp coming out. It's our second annual, the Landscape Marketers Boot Camp. And so it's going to be six weeks of training. And the goal is to give you a 2024 roadmap for marketing at your business uh, next year. And so it's, I'm really excited about it. We did it last year and got some really, really great feedback from people who, I mean, it covers everything from budgeting, target audience, discovering your voice and your persona, all the way to um, email marketing and upselling professional websites and what they all have in common and what not to do on your website. Gosh, social media ads, Google ads. Um, we're talking about AI this year and how we can utilize nice. artificial intelligence. Uh, so there's the full gamut all kind of crammed into a, a tight little six weeks starting October 25th. And then the really cool thing about the boot camp is that it has a collaboration of people. So the more people that sign up, the better it is because we get. Jenna, my partner and I, are, we have a lot of great ideas and of course we're going to present them, but the collaboration of all the people who are in the group getting together and discussing it, hey, what's working for you? What's working for you? What's not working is really where the magic happens too. So we're excited about that one. Yeah. Would you say the skill level is, you know, beginner, intermediate, all the different levels or where would you say people should be at in their marketing 
intelligence to join your bootcamp. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Cause Justin, you were saying like, what if people are just kind of like dabbling in or don't know we have each of our weeks is catered towards a different subject. And we kind of start from the basics and then we give like pro tips along the way. So wherever you're at, you will find something, something might be repeated if you're a little bit more of an expert, but again, it's a great reminder. And if you're a beginner, you're just going to be overwhelmed. <laughs> I gotta be honest, like, <laughs> get a fire hose, but they are recorded. You can go back. We're going to give you homework at the end of each session. And so it gives you, you know, Jenna's got a budgeting template and everything that you can fill out in Excel that's going to help you uh, plan where your marketing dollars are going for next year. And so we're going to give you all the tools. Uh, if you're a beginner, it might just take you a tiny bit longer to catch on. And um, but overall, I think anybody can join, whether part it's a part time job for you or whether it's your full time job at a 60 million dollar landscaping business. It doesn't matter. You will find something for you there. That's awesome. I think this is such a great time to put together your marketing plan. We've we've done an annual marketing plan for the last three years and we've had tremendous growth of the last three years. So I definitely see a correlation between the two. As for the boot camp. Is it, can you give us a little more detail? It's a, you said it's a six week program. Yeah, it starts October 25th. It ends November 29th. It's uh, every Wednesday, I believe. Don't quote me. It's on the website. <laughs> um, we'll and have it in the show notes. People yeah, can we'll click on the link. <laughs> it's, um, it's an hour or so sessions each week. And then we have some breakout time as well. And homework is, is given, we call it jokingly homework, you know, you don't have to do it if you don't want to, but it's definitely good handouts and stuff you can learn from. We also give you um, constructive feedback on your own marketing. So you'll get feedback on your website, on your social media platforms, all that good stuff. The price is $555 per person. So it's about 90 bucks per session. So it's a really great deal. And, uh, we ha I haven't seen anything else like it in the industry. There's no other marketing program specifically designed for landscapers that happens every fall that helps you prepare, you know, for next yeah. season. Yeah. It's Absolutely. great. I'm 100% going to be sending at least one, if not a few people to that. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got me bought in. I, I just, we do a ton of training. We, we trained over 7,000 hours last year on our team. And that's one of our metrics we track. But what we find is there's a ton of training for sales and there's a lot of training for irrigation or insulation and pavers. And you've got all these courses that our associations or partners offer. The thing I don't see a lot of is honestly is marketing. It's one of the missing pieces and then maybe finance, but finance is kind of handled. It's very it's very applicable to any business or any industry where marketing, I do think it is specific to what you're doing. So I, I commend you for putting that together. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, it's go ahead, looped, Maggie. It's looped a lot in with sales. While sales and marketing work very closely together, the skills to provide an actual successful marketing plan, marketing strategy is very different than sales. So when Kelly and I worked together, we worked, I was managing sales. She was managing kind of marketing and other areas of the business. We worked very closely together, but mm -hmm. the skill sets of someone, a good salesperson is not necessarily the same skill sets as a good marketing person. 100%. Yes. It's like, do your sales team a favor and get your marketing in line, right? Yeah. And, and they're going to be so much happier when they hear you have an actual marketing plan. 
<laughs> it's just like your marketing people are going to be just as happy when they find out salespeople have been trained on how to convert leads. So <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. If it was anything, if it's anything like it was last year, um, you know, we had a lot of people walk away with some really good takeaways and like, I follow them on social media. And of course I've probably signed up for their email list maybe. And I received the stuff that they're doing and I can see like everything they've implemented over time and the campaigns that they're running and the follow-ups that they're sending. And I'm just like, proud mom, like, yay, like this is <laughs> so awesome, you know? <laughs> On the flip side, you've probably subscribed to some people and gotten some really bad stuff and Uh, then gone gone and prospected and said, you need to hire me immediately. So I I, have, yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's not always the best marketing strategy, Maggie, for me. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen some people out there and just who've made YouTube videos and stuff. I know you've seen these, but they'll go on someone's website and just give three really good things and three really bad things about the website in order to boost their brand saying like, hire me and I can pick out some more stuff. So good strategy, not always the best strategy. (laughs) Well, as we wrap up here, I want to ask you, we ask all of our guests to provide their trade secret. So something they've learned since working in the trades, growing up in the trades, what is a secret that you can provide our listeners with that you can't find in a book? You you just learned through your experience over time. Okay. So you primed me on this one. So I went to bed thinking about it last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a procrastinator. So what I came up with was it's pretty simple, but if you can't find it, build it. And so um, I saw over time, like, for example, Maggie and I, we've said it a hundred times, we used to work together. Our guys came up with this incredible nifty little machine that they put like a rolly blower onto a mower and they were able and like had a backpack blower on and they were able to just like completely clear out like a lawn covered in leaves and like instantly, like it was just amazing little like device that they made. And I'm like, wow, that is so creative. Like they just know how to like get the job done. And I think we can all apply something like that to our businesses. Like I think the boot camp is a great, another great example of it is like, I never saw anything like this to help me. That's like, give me some marketing tips, help me create a plan. Like maybe I don't have the budget or maybe I don't have the desire to hire a Keldo Digital, but I do want to do this on my own. And I'm kind of savvy enough that like, I feel confident, give me some tips and and tricks and people to connect with. And so we just made it, you know? And I think that a lot of people could probably look back and say, I created this and it's, it's a really good thing to look back on too and be proud of like, I made this, I invented it. Maybe it's not like as cool as an invention as like a post-it note or something, but like, you know, (laughs) it's still something really, really cool um, to be proud of. And that's, that's my, my trade secret is if you can't find it, build it yourself. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. I think there's so much to be taken away from that trade secret and I think you can look at that as beyond just material things like inventing a new product or or what have you, but also looking as offering a new service, something that no one else is doing in your market. I've learned about services that people offer on the East Coast that we've never thought about on the West Coast because 
for the climate and whatever, whatever the reason is, it's not needed. But as everything changes and landscapes are changing and, you know, water availability is changing rapidly on the West Coast, there are services that no one else is doing in your market. And if you can be the first to market and offer that, I think you have a massive advantage. And Kelly, I commend you for, again, this boot camp. I think this is exactly what you're doing. You're seeing a need. No one's doing it. You're filling it and you're adding a ton, ton of value to the industry. So I appreciate that a lot. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. It's been really great having you on the podcast. If our listeners want to follow up with you, where is the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is probably one of the more fun conversations I've had all week. So I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you can find me on my website. It's keldodigital.com, K-E-L-D-O-D-I-G-I-T-A-L. And um, on there, you can schedule a call with me or you can fill out a marketing questionnaire, which helps us get to know you before we have a, a connection on a call. You can shoot me over an email, send me a text, all those good things. Find me on LinkedIn. I do a lot of LinkedIning. LinkedIning? Um, yeah. Coin turn. <laughs> hey, if it doesn't exist, make it up. <laughs> there you go. I do a lot of linking in. <laughs> so um, you'll find me. Do a little Google search. I, you, can't, you can't miss it. Awesome. Nice. Well, oh, thank you. It's been you. great to have you on the show, Kelly. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. 